I'm Sam Maggs, and I've been busy being a backstabbing magician. I'm Jamie Adams, and I'm not allowed knives until I can use them safely. And I'm Ian McAllister, and I've been cheating with other podcasts. And this is Brainwaves, bringing you the best in tabletop gaming news. And here are the headlines for the week of 11th November 2018. Essen has been hit by multiple thefts. DreamWorks options a Mice and Mystics board game for a film. And Netrunner is back from the dead. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. Yeah, we are starting with a sad piece of news, unfortunately, at the top of Brainwaves. Uh, there have been multiple thefts from the Essen Games Fair in Germany. We have heard of thefts from Aratopia Games, D&D Dice, Hub Games and Gotha Games. And I've heard that there are a couple of others that have had things stolen as well, though I have not had that confirmed as yet. Uh, uh, many of the reports from the companies report the unhelpful nature of the, uh, the Messe staff and the local police. Uh, one of the robbers was caught later on in the day, at which point the police became a bit more helpful, I believe. Gotha Games has set up a Facebook group uh, to encourage the smaller companies to band together so they can present their case to the Spiel um, company and basically get better representation for themselves in these in these matters. Because uh, as far as we understand at Brainwaves, there have been multiple thefts over the years of Essen and there hasn't be really been a huge response from the organization to really solve any of the problems there. Uh, this problem, These problems are exasperated a lot by the fact that uh, customers are always uh, told to take cash into Spiel and not really take cards and that kind of thing because uh, getting uh, cards to work inside the game or card machines to work inside the complex is pretty difficult for that number of people. We haven't reached out to Spiel for comment at this time, but we're hoping to do so in the future and maybe we'll get a response to them as to what their plans are further down the line. You know, it's the biggest games fair in the world and understandable that there is going to be some things going wrong. As you said, this has been going on for several years now. There's been multiple reports over the years. You'd hope something would begin to be done or some good, some positive change would be elicited. And maybe with um, the thief being caught with the hub games money, maybe things might start to change. A technological solution is difficult, but it's not impossible. It's definitely the way small traders should go because it is very easy to just get a little thing to put in your phone that can take cards it's just a matter of making sure you've got signal consistently and if that's a problem then that can probably be got around by Essen I would think but I don't know um, so there are definitely things that can be done but yeah with a show the size of Essen there's always going to be this kind of thing but it does uh, does sound to me like they've never really responded to the level of thefts that happen at Essen over the years and it sounds like it's about time they do. DreamWorks animation is in the final negotiations to uh, the movie rights to the board game Mice and Mystics by Jerry Hawthorne. Mice and Mystics, the board game where characters play as mice and end up fighting creatures like cockroaches, spiders, rats, and the cat of the castle in which they are imprisoned in. Sounds sounds right up DreamWorks uh, ally, ally, that kind of thing. Yeah, right up their street. Um, The initial reports are that Alexandre Aha... Uh, director of The Hills Have Eyes, Horns, and Piranha 3D, has been attached to direct and co-write the script alongside David Leslie Johnson, writer of Aquaman, Wrath of the Titans, The Conjuring 2, and The Conjuring 3. It's not the 
best set of people I can think of to direct a thing. It's definitely a little bit different to what their some of their previous credits might suggest. At the time of recording, a lot of this is just speculation, of course. But it's interesting to see that we've had board game adaptations into films previously with varying degrees of success. Personally, I'm a very big fan of Clue, uh, the film adaptation of Cluedo, because I thought it was well written and the performances are fantastic. Let's let, let's not talk about ba- Battleship. <laughs> I was just going to say Battleship. Uh, so interesting, again, one of these kind of non-committal phrases, but it'll be interesting to see what they will do with it. Yeah, let's keep in mind also that optioning and something doesn't actually mean it'll ever get made. Exactly. I think I think as well, like you know, we've spoken in the past about Catan films and you know Cluedo and Battleship there, and I think this is maybe the first one that we've heard about that actually has kind of probably a decent theming for a story behind it you know that this is actually a game that's based on story more than actually kind of Catan's very abstract in you know what would a film of Catan actually be there's no story in Catan it's just kind of building cities and trading Sam, things it's all about trading sheep for wood <sighs> great yeah let's stretch that out for a two-hour film um no but I well think if I... it's Peter Jackson directed three three and a half at least <laughs> oh trilogy <laughs> Five films. Absolutely. No, but I think actually Mice and Mystics has got something good behind it where actually that could be a really enjoyable movie. Well, we've just passed Halloween, folks, and that means that some things are going to rise from the dead. And in this case, it's Netrunner coming back. Netrunner is coming back from the dead under the uh, tender administrations of the Nisei organization, a group of enthusiastic players who want to see the game continued uh, support down the line. They've already announced their first core tournament kit, which looks really nice, proper mats, proper all arts and everything, really, really nice. Um, they're going to re- have a reboot of the meta with the introduction of a new core. Essentially, looking at the the whole gamut of cards and saying what like what what's in the what's in the core, like what what cards are we're we're going to ban, what, what cards are we going to restrict. Uh, down the line, there'll be uh, expansions coming out as well that players will be able to get access to. And yeah, they they seem to be really well organized. You can read all about it on stimhack.com. There'll be links in the show notes as normal. Uh, I know a couple of the people involved with it, and they're all really enthusiastic players. And yeah, I wish them all the best for it. Did you say that it was a, basically a group of fans, dedicated fans, are bringing this back? So in a similar way with Vampire the Eternal Struggle? Yeah, sort of, yeah. A, a, a similar kind of thing, though they seem a bit more organised than the people that are involved with Vitesse. And um, this has happened before as well. There's still uh, The Star Trek CCG is still going under fan um, expansions, basically. There's still fan expansions coming out for that all, all the time. Um, Doomtown, for a while, was kept alive through fan efforts. And yeah, it happens quite a lot with these kind of games because people really get into them, really enthusiastic about them and hope they'll come back to life in a bigger form at some point. A few years ago, did either of you gentlemen watch Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell on television? I did not, no. But I no, know about I missed it. it. I, I haven't read the books either. I know, I'm, I, I didn't watch it and I haven't read it, I'm afraid. I don't know why. It sounds right up my street. It's uh, Susanna Clarke's novel about Napoleonic wizards. It was long listed for the Man Booker Prize. Uh, and it, as I said, it was a BBC TV series. And now it's becoming a board game. Thanks to Osprey Games, publishers of Wildlands and the Lost Exposition position the lost expedition designed by marco maggi and francesco nepitello who people might recognize possibly as the co-creators of war of the ring and the battle of the five armies two huge uh miniatures heavy war games i know war of the ring is one of sam's favorite games and also attached is ian o'toole illustrator of vinhos and lisboa 
And the artwork does look fantastic. He's bringing his unique flair and style to Napoleonic wizardry. Mm, It's very nice. Players are going to be aspiring magicians, looking for greatness, looking for magical tomes, and they'll be opposed by the mysterious gentleman with the thistle-down hair. I'm sure that means something to people who've read it or seen it. I'm afraid it does not mean anything to me. It <laughs> sounds... Any of us. <laughs> yes. Napoleonic wizardry sounds very interesting. Um, I think I'll pick up the book and have a wee look at some point. And the very few pieces of art that we've seen intrigues me. The game is set to be released in June 2019. A piece of news hot off the press today. We are recording on Monday the 5th of November. Amigo Spiel has just put a notice on BoardGameGeek that they are essentially calling out a game on Kickstarter called Crypto Cartel of being basically a carbon copy of Bahanza. They're a very well regarded game. The statement is up on BGG. We'll obviously link it in the show notes. Uh, But a little clip from it is basically they are saying it is not a modification, not a recreation, but the complete takeover of an already established and successful game, which was only extended by action cards. This is not an inspiration for us, but a plagiarism. So they're basically saying this is a copy and uh, the game is doing incredibly well on Kickstarter. Uh, it's already made, made its goal by some degree whether it'll um, be pulled by Kickstarter like uh, Overturn was that we reported on in a previous edition of the cast remains to be seen at the moment it doesn't look that way it doesn't look to be quite as controversial as that one was but they have seven days to go so who knows what might happen in that time uh, we've talked previously on the cast about the plagiarism versus inspiration and where the line is drawn it's a very difficult line line to draw and it looks like uh, this Kickstarter has fallen foul of Amigospiel in this case. Yeah, it's very interesting with, with the hobby blowing up so much as it has in the past, what, 10 years, really? Yeah, yeah. I'd say 10 years. Copyright cases coming up, where that lies, you know, the music industry's seen a huge deal of plagiarism cases in the past 10 years. Lots of things happening in the music industry where that, has, I think that's come about really recently. And, you know, this is, with board gaming being such kind of a, fledgling industry really at the moment and really really coming into its own i think we're going to see more and more things like this popping up and i think we're going to start getting more clarifications on what is copyrighted and what isn't what is intellectual property and what isn't yeah i mean it's very it's been historically very difficult to copyright board game mechanics yes, and whether that yes. will change as more of these kind of cases come about uh, is something we'll have to wait and see So earlier we talked about a board game becoming a film. Now we're going to talk about a film becoming a board game. This is George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. has been picked up by Simon and will now be turned into a Zombicide game. Have you guys played any of Zombicide titles? I'm afraid I haven't. I haven't ever found the ability to. Can't say I have, but I have real questions about turning Night of the Living Dead into a board game. I mean, the original Night of the Living Dead isn't it's not it's not a film about zombies it's a film about sort of consumerism and that kind of thing really and like trying to just taking the zombie stuff out of that and turning it into <laughs> zombie side game seems a bit kind of like missing the point yeah to me but i know you know but to, but to be fair we don't know exactly what's going to happen yet we just know no, they no. picked up yep. and it's going to be a Zombicide game. It might not use exactly the same mechanics that has been used for Zombicide, Zombicide Black Plague, Zombicide Green Tide, and those Zombicide totally in space. Will. It will. Yeah, completely. It says it's Night of the Living Dead, a Zombicide game. Do you know what? I'm not going to be the cynic this time. Usually I am. You never know. It, it might it's be. It's going to be exactly the same as all the other games, Jamie. 
Why do you turn do to the to dark me? side? Why do you do this you to know me, Ian? Why do you just help me, listeners? Help me. So this sees um, Simon picking up more licenses. They've now got quite a roster of things. So last year they successfully launched a Song of Ice and Fire, the tabletop miniatures game, which I believe is coming along, being quite expanded quite regularly. And they've also got the Bloodborne license as well from the PS4 game. As well as what we talked about a few weeks back on the podcast, the Wacky Races license. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with these licenses, if it really does take off and if they can make some decent board games out of them. But who knows? Well, talking about uh, films becoming board games, I'm going to double down twice with uh, uh, Men in Black and Ghostbusters coming to exactly the same board game. Yes, IDW Games are going to be publishing a game designed by Panda Cult. The game entitled Ecto Terrestrial Invasion, and that is a great name. Well done, folks. Uh, will be coming in late 2019. It will feature miniatures from Ninja Division in the chibi style that you might have seen in things like Super Dungeon Explorer and games like that. And it will feature Peter Brinkman, Egon, Egon Spangler, Ray Stance, Winston Zedmore on the Ghostbusters side and on the uh, Men in Black side, Agent J, K, L and Z as the Men in Black team. Don't really know what to expect from it other than they say it all includes dice rolling and take that mechanics. So... It's going to be a game. You know, it's definitely <laughs> going to be a game with cards and dice in it. Hey, it, it might be good. I mean, I don't think many Ghostbusters board, board games and times have had much success in the past, so maybe it'll be a good one. Ian, I've really been enjoying the Brainwaves podcast lately. Well, I would hope so. You're on it. Oh, yeah, but I've, I've like, to the point of craving more. Like, I feel, you know, we do half an hour every two weeks, which, it gets me my fix. But but wait, Sam, there is more, and you can have more if you become a Brainwaves patron. Yes, folks, for the low, low price of only $1, you can get access to Brainwaves 2nd Edition. More of me, more of Jamie, more of Sam, just more Brainwaves. You know you want it. It's there for you if you want it. I'm going to go and subscribe right now. You should! Well, whilst Sam is away doing that, why don't you all come with me to the squashy armchairs and roaring fire that is RPG Corner. Jamie, oh, hey, Sam. sorry, I just got done subscribing. Good, Whoa. good, Sam, Sam, Sam. Remember, oh, this it was is a RPG. wild ride. This is wild RPG ride. Corner, Sam. Remember, we just chill, we just sit down <sighs> and enjoy okay. ourselves. What have you got oh, there? I got news. I got news. Oh, you got news? Okay, do tell. Yeah, yeah. I found this hidden beneath a tree in in the garden, the Brainwaves garden. Oh yeah, it's a root RPG. A what? As a in root a tr- as in a tree root RPG. As in a tree. No, 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 no. The game. Everyone's talking about it. The game. The oh, asymmetric root. The tabletop thing. game of woodland might and fight. And woodland romps. And... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, all the player characters are going to be vagabonds. Oh ho! Just going through the wood, 
Just kind of doing similar things as you would in the board game, but it's going to be a lot looser. Okay. And yeah. so the chance to it's going to be an yourself. RPG. The chance to ally yourself, or uh, sorry, the chance to ally yourself with the various factions and basically play the vagabond, but a bit more. Yeah, I think it. It definitely sounds like a really interesting game. You know, I've seen a lot of mixed thoughts out there as to who would enjoy it, who wouldn't enjoy it. I know we've spoken a lot about that between the three of us. It was the hotness for about a month. Yeah, and I think the theme is a big part of what the game is. And I think this just gives you more of that. Maybe if it's the kind of board game, you're not really going to get around to playing much, which I think for the three of us is maybe true. I think this just gives you the space to kind of play in that world and have a bit of fun with it and get to know it. It's going to be a mid-2019 Kickstarter for a core rulebook. It's being published by Magpie Games, and it's going to be a mid-2019 Kickstarter for the core rulebook with plans to release the game with possible further supplements in about early 2020. Moving into a slightly more serious note, there was a recent update today from John Wick owner of John Wick Presents, the company behind the 7th C 2nd Edition line of products and the creator of 7th C and Legend of the Five Rings and many other role-playing games. This year has not been great for John Wick Presents uh, as a company. They've been releasing... Uh, they did very, very well with 7th C 2nd Edition Kickstarter, which was released two or three years ago. Uh, but the company finances have forced John Wick to lay off all the employees of his company, uh, which means his rulebook release schedule for second edition is slowing down somewhat. Coupled with this is the failure of War of the Cross board game to be kickstarted twice, uh, and now they're looking for various companies to maybe partner with uh, JWP, John Wick Presents, to continue printing 7C as well as uh, releasing the board game. There are still some books that are due to be released, uh, predominantly Secret Societies and the map pack of Thea, which will be released uh, potentially between February and May 2019. Uh, depend, you know, Maybe sooner, depending on some things, maybe only slightly later. After that, he can take stock and see what's going on. Um, it's it's never nice when this thing happens when something like this happens, and we we just kind of all all of us at Brainwaves kind of hope things do turn around a little bit for John Wick Presents. Where have you two been? Corner. Uh, it's really nice. Uh, 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 Sam, well, Sam, Sam, hide the smoking jacket. Can you stop um, going to the comfy corner? It's time for the hard steel chairs of Brainstorm. Sit down. Can I keep my smoking jacket? This cast Brainstorm comes once more from Richard Vernon, uh, one of our followers on Facebook. Thank you very much, Richard. Uh, Richard is asking, do innovations like Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia, both of which are um, simulations of the board game experience online, uh, detract from the tabletop experience? What, what, what do you think, guys? I've, I've, I've had some experience with both. Have you guys used Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia at all? I've used Tabletop Simulator an awful lot. I have no experience with Tabletopia. Um, and I think really what I'd like to get down to the point here is what do we mean by tabletop experience in a sense, you know, that does it detract from kind of the tactile pick up and play thing that 
very physical hobby that we all know and really enjoy about board games. Yes, I feel it does, because obviously it's not in the same medium there. However, um, I was in a long-distance relationship for about three years before moving to Scotland, and Tabletop Sim just let me enjoy that hobby with people I wanted to play games with 300 miles yeah. away. Yeah, I, th I think it is good for that. I do think there is a slightly... I found a slightly weird disconnect when using both Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia because they are simulations and not really fully-fledged apps or programs. Like It's not like yeah. the terraforming Mars you get on Steam or whatever. You have to sort of do everything yourself, and there's a slightly weird disconnect between as using if you a would program in an like actual that. game. Yeah, yeah, you yeah know, exactly. It very so, much is... I, I found a weird disconnect with the experience. It, it, it is good for. I mean, I've, I've previewed a couple of games uh, online for companies uh, in Tabletopia, and it's pretty good. Uh, I've played yeah. a little bit of Tabletop Simulator with yourself with Keyforge and a couple other things. I mean, the and, fact yeah, that it's all community-led really is yeah. such a huge testament to it that actually people do want to use this. And it obviously does work for a huge part of that community. Otherwise, people wouldn't make things for these platforms. I, I have obviously I have a very similar experience with Sam in as much as I've played a lot of Tabletop Simulator and no Tabletopia. I would agree that you know, what is the Tabletop experience? Is it the social aspect of it? Uh, to a degree, yes, because it's not the face-to-face, -face, you know, at-the-table reactions that you can get. On the other hand, it does allow a great deal of connectivity, quite obviously. And Sam was talking about his long-distance relationship. When I was studying in Edinburgh, I played a couple of games with friends in Glasgow who I normally wouldn't see for maybe two or three months at a time. Um, and we played games like Flashpoint a couple of times on Tabletop Simulator. And it was great. I sat there with the rule book. We had the game itself, you know, set out, and we we played it, and we all had a really nice time. And it was good to to game with them again, even though it wasn't in the flesh, as it were. And as you said, with the growth of Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia as not just mediums for people to play games with friends, but ways to preview games that are maybe still being kickstarted or developed. I know for a fact that Dinosaur Island, I believe before release was able to be previewed on tabletopia yeah that's which right probably yeah. informed quite a lot of their feedback and development i think that's such a good tool for it that actually board games is a thing where you can't get demos of and i know that even for video games demos are much less of a thing than they used to be you know it was i think it's dependent on the genre yeah but really giving the public a chance to try a game you know not physically you know, that actually you can just log onto your computer, get a good experience of what that is. You know, you can even limit it to like the first five turns or something of a game, you know. And I think that's really, really good and a really interesting concept that I would like to see explored more. Yeah, I think a, a more Kickstarter should do that because it is like you're looking at, what, 50, 60 quids plus shipping for a game you're going to get in a year or two. And to be able to have that immediacy of just being able to play it a little and get a feel for it uh, will probably get you more customers than it will. It'll lose you some, probably, because some people decide it does, it's not for them. But I think it gains you more than it loses. I, I was about to ask, because you both, as uh, you said, both you guys uh, played a bit of Keyforge on Tabletop Simulator, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Now, obviously, that was, I don't know how, you know, that was going to work with them being the unique decks and stuff. Um has that fired your anticipation more for Keyforge, or has it maybe kind of slightly cooled some ideas? 
I think slight no. For me, it was good. You know, it was just okay. Let's get a rough play of the game. I only played about three decks. The way they had done it is basically found deck lists. You, there was a load of decks released at um, Gen Con, and people have got them gradually at other events since then. So people have been uploading and, and scanning in cards that they've got and uploading deck lists. So they've just been compiled like that and put onto the the um, Keyforge mod. Um, but really, it just kind of gave me a chance to play the game, figure out the play of it, see what it's like. Um, and that was fine. It worked for that, you know. As Ian was saying, I think those kind of simulator things can be a bit clunky yes. because they're not game specific. Yes. You are very much given all the components of the game and told to play it as if you were at a table. However, you've got a cursor to drag everything around yeah. you with. Still, you still need to learn components. the rules. You still need someone to maybe take you through it. And there is no helping hand. There's no AI in there helping you along. That just doesn't exist. It is literally a simulation of the tabletop. So yeah, that can that can feel a little disconnected from maybe your experience with like an app yeah. version of a board and game. And it can be a bit clunky because yeah. it's kind of got this suits every game rule yeah. set and attempting you know, to ma- and attempting to manipulate you know game pieces that are made to be used with fingers and and hands and eyes and stuff. yeah using it on a digital a digital plane is yes slightly difficult but i you know i think the fan or not the fan but the community as you've said behind it is fantastic um generally if i've subscribed to games for tabletop simulator is games i already own so if there's people that want to play i can and usually friends i'm like okay it's a game i know and if i don't know the rules very well i'll be back in a minute and i'll just go and get the rule book from uh, from the box and go that's a point to be honest i haven't ever really tried out with the exception of key forged i don't know if i've ever really tried out anything i've never played before i have on tabletopia but i was being guided through by a designer or publisher or something like that that's fair enough. But yeah, I, I, th- I think it would be an interesting experience to just play like a game ne- none of us have played. We should yeah. try it. Like, all, three, all three of us could go on Tabletopia and try a game that we haven't played. Yeah. And mm-hmm. report it back, basically. Uh, yeah, in the end, tabletop gaming in all its forms, RPG, miniature, board games, this is all a social hobby. And we like being face-to-face with people and playing games with them. But sometimes our friends are far away and we still want to play games with them. So things like Tabletopia, Tabletop Simulator, these are great experiences and can really bring friends together over long distances. Well, that's all we've got, apart from one thing. Jamie. Sam. um, What's this now? A game has been specifically made for me and you, Jamie. A game we've been calling out for for eons. Did, eons. Did I authorise this piece of news? Um, Sam, I don't believe you Sam, have. Sam, Sam Ladies straight and to gentlemen, it. we have Monopoly for Millennials. <laughs> Hasbro's premier title of 2018. <laughs> Alongside the serious but not taking themselves seriously botched operations and catfish digital age mystery date um yeah monopoly for millennials sees players instead of collecting money collecting experiences as they travel around the board everyone involved with this should be thoroughly ashamed of themselves from hasbro money doesn't always buy a great time but experiences whether they're good or weird last forever the monopoly for millennials game celebrates just that Instead of collecting as much cash as possible, players are challenged to rack up the most experiences to win. Players don't pay rent, 
they visit one another, earning more experience points. I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to say this right now. I know a game that's already out where the whole game point of the game is to rack up the most experience and have a good time. That game is Tokaido. Or Dungeons and Dragons. Or D&D. <laughs> but that's not Monopoly for Millennials, is it? It's not. This game literally has the tagline, forget real estate, you can't afford it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Monopoly on the front cover is gorgeous. So he's holding um, a, a coffee cup that says to go on it. But the go is the, the go square from Monopoly. From Monopoly. He's got a participation award on him. Oh my god, I'm just oh. looking at this right now. I feel sick to my brain. He's got a, a, well, a he's got a money I, I just threw up a little in my mouth. He's got a money uh, I don't know what his name is. Money bags, whatever it is. Uh, he's got money bags branded sunglasses. He's got money bags branded. Oh my god, branded it actually phone. says forget real estate, you can't afford it anyway. You weren't kidding. It's the it really says game. that. Yeah. Oh my god. Your player pieces are hashtags, emojis, um bicycles, analog camera, camera and sunglasses. Yeah. How fantastic is this? No, do you know what? Um, do you know what? Hasbro has been, as we've said before, Hasbro is going in a, let's say, bold new direction. For all that we are slagging this, you never know, it might actually do well. And if it does, fair play to them. A few more things to do before we go. We'd like to give a shout out to our latest Patreon subscriber, Lee Burt. Thank you, Lee. Lee will become one of the lucky people to enjoy Brainwave's second edition and our sister podcast, Idle Thoughts. That will be on its way to you. And you, listening now, it could be on its way to you as well from as little as $1 a month. I did a giveaway recently on Twitter for my review copy of Escape the Dark Castle, and the collector's edition is on its way to me soon. I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, congratulations to Mary Jacks, who won our Escape the Dark Castle giveaway. She is now the proud owner of a copy of that game, and uh, hopefully will enjoy it a lot. Hey! We'll be doing some more giveaways over the next year or so. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked what you've listened to, then the best way to help out is to share the podcast and drop us a rating and a review on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Giant Brain, Instagram, Giant Brain UK, Facebook, The Giant Brain, website, giantbrain.co.uk, and please get in touch and email us at giantbrainuk at gmail.com. If you want to know any more about the news we've talked about today, as always, links are in the show notes. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you.